Hello everyone, this is VM Campos and this is another episode of the Comic Book Commute Podcast. The podcast you listen to during your commute while I commute. So let's get on the road. So I need to get up to Kearney Mesa. I'm down in San Isidro, California. Um, that's near the border. Uh, California and Tijuana. So if you know your geography, you can stalk me. But anyway, we're, we're going to talk about today's topic is manga. So Japanese comics. Um, they have a long and storied history in Japan. And Japanese comics, manga, sell many, many more times over than U.S. comics. So nowadays, a, an issue that sells 100,000 copies is amazing. It's a blockbuster. Um, that easily is what sells weekly um, in Japan on even the most basic book. So um, I grew up, uh, I would say I'm a child of the 90s. Um, that's what I came of age, I would say. So, let me see what my first introduction to manga is. I'm going to say it's basically I found uh, at San Diego Comic-Con, where all good things come from, um, they had uh, the, Viz, uh, the Viz booth. So, Viz... Is a big name in this in this space. This is a publisher, U.S. publisher, imports Japanese comics, and so sometime in the '90s, let's see, '95, someplace around there, '96. I'm not sure. I was at Comic Con and uh, came across the stacks of volumes. Of a series, a little series called Ranma One Half. So that's a pretty famous series uh, by Rumiko Takahashi, and so she published. She's pretty famous. I believe the term is mangaka, uh, manga artist. So she published um, Urusei Yatsura or also known as Loom in English-speaking countries. She published um, My Son Ikoku. Um, I don't know if that has an English translation, but that's the way I know it. And then, of course, more recently, Inuyasha. So Ranma One Half, that was probably the first manga that I bought. Now, kids, this was the early 90s, so this was at a time when everything Japanese was pretty expensive. So volume one, with maybe 200 pages, it was probably like 16.95. Not really prestige format, but definitely different than the U.S. comics. It was, of course, black and white, uh, English translated, and at that time, because there wasn't much of an appetite popularly, it was flipped. 
if you don't know, Japanese language, the Japanese、uh, alphabet, is written right to left. So, top to bottom, right to left, traditionally. With globalization, you see stuff left to right, like, like,、uh, like the West. But at that time, in the 80s, well, 70s, 80s, 90s,、um, and still to some degree today,、uh, the Japanese、uh, comics were, were flipped. So that made it conform to Western reading sensibilities, in that we read. Left to right, top to bottom. But that, of course, meant that characters that were left handed are, are now suddenly right handed, vice versa. Signs are backwards. But for the average reader at the time, you, you don't know, especially with a language with an alphabet completely different from the Western alphabet, you don't know if that character is, is backwards or flipped or not. But that's how this was it was black and white, it was flipped. And、uh, about $16 or so. So I, I guess I thumbed through the book and I really liked it. And at that time I was so freaking uh, uh, broke. I, I was young, I didn't have、uh, my parents, my parents didn't really believe in an allowance, so I, I don't know, I always had to ask for money and I felt like that was a challenge. It was Comic Con, and I guess it was okay here, Victor. Here is $20 for you to enjoy Comic Con. Nowadays, obviously, $20 is absolutely nothing for Comic Con. You can barely buy a couple of snacks, let alone anything cool. But that was enough to buy this volume one, Ranma Half. So. What that story is about is pretty funny, pretty interesting. It's the story of Ranma Saotome, who is、uh, introduced as a,、uh, as, a, as a voluptuous, hot headed, red headed young girl who's into martial arts with her panda companion, Genma. And so.、Um, Uh, let's see,、uh, Tendo, Father Tendo,、uh, receives a postcard that his old friend is coming to visit and bringing his son to marry Akane,、uh, who is Tendo's daughter, one of his daughters. He's got three. Akane is the youngest. So he's coming to visit Tendo. And stuff happens, and who shows up at their doorstep are Ranma, this cute girl, and Genma, this violent panda. And there's a battle, stuff happens, and Tendo's like, What's going on here? And eventually, what, what is discovered is that Ranma and Genma are that girl and the panda. And they were off in. China training, because this takes place in Japan, but they went off to, to China to the Cursed Springs training grounds. And as they practice there to hone their martial arts, there's a lot of martial arts in this series, some really crazy, weird martial arts. As they go to, as they're there to hone their art, 
they don't they pay no attention to the cursed springs and uh, Genma falls into one and emerges as a giant panda so basically if you fall into one of these pits you become uh, you become something or someone that died in the spring so then Ranma falls in one and he becomes a she he becomes a girl that drowned a thousand years ago. So now they're cursed because whenever hot water, let me see what, how does it go? Cold water turns them into their alter egos and hot water uh, brings them back. I think that's it. I might get it confused. But uh, so then Tendo, Father Tendo is like, well, this is still no problem because Ranma is still a male most of the time and can easily marry my daughter, Akane. And uh, Genma pretty much agrees, but not Ranma because he just wants to spend all his life training and fighting and getting better and, and all of that. And Akane is not in it, of course, not, not on board because arranged marriages? What is this? So she, she's a tomboy, she's into martial arts, uh, and so she, she objects to this. Oh, I forgot to say, um, during Ranma's uh, female form, he's not very forthcoming, and neither is Genma. And so, after a uh, <clears throat> after a sparring match, a friendly sparring match between Akane and female Ranma. Well, it's time to hit the showers. Aren't you sweaty? So, for whatever reason, Ranma doesn't confess. And so, um, he goes first, and he transforms. And so, it's Akane's turn. Akane's turn. And because it's a much more liberal culture to some degree, uh, Akane steps into the shower to uh, bathe, with Ranma, female Ranma, to her knowledge, and instead is male Ranma. So, misunderstanding there, and it solidifies Akane's anger and hatred for that pervert uh, Ranma. And now she has to get married with him, married to him, so she's having none of that. And uh, that's where a lot of the hijinks ensue in this series. Uh, Ranma is betrothed to Akane. Akane is betrothed to Ranma. Ranma becomes a, a female. Genma becomes a panda. But wait a minute. There's now also a love triangle. Because Ranma's arch-rival, Ryoga, is visiting or actually hunting him down. And Ryoga has a terrible sense of, of directions. So he's hunting down um, Ranma and um, comes to have a showdown, the final showdown with Ranma there in the new in the new town, uh, and it becomes evident then that Ryoga also uh, fell into the hot springs because he was following Ranma. He's also a martial artist fell into one of the cursed springs and he emerges as a cute little black piglet so whenever he gets doused he becomes he becomes Pichan 
uh, this little piglet that no one knows except really, I suppose, Ranma and maybe Genma. The truth, but Ryoga uses that to his advantage to get up close and personal with Akane, who just sees him as a cute little piglet, wandering piglet. And so there's the there's the conflict. Because of course, Ranma and Akane basically hate each other for having to be forced into a marriage, and also the nude incident, and so forth. But as time goes on, and jealousies and so forth, um, Ranma won't admit it, but he's jealous that Ryoga has personal time with Akane, even though he's a little piglet. Uh, add to the love triangle, which becomes a quadrangle, I suppose. Um, Ranma was actually betrothed to a different girl a few years before, simply because Genma wanted the dowry or something. Uh, and so he is betrothed to, Ranma is betrothed to uh, Shampoo, a, um, a cute uh, purple-haired girl that is also powerful with martial arts. And she uh, ends up also falling in the hot springs and she becomes a little cat. I don't know if she's got a special name as a cat, but uh, everyone turns into something except for Akane. And so that's the big story of Ranma half, Ranma one half. Uh, I believe, because I like to memorize this stuff, I believe the original translation of Ranma one half is Ranma Nibun no Ichi. So Ranma one half. And that was uh, probably my first manga, and I collected the first, like, probably four volumes. I think I would get one per year at Comic-Con because they were $16. And I needed to, um... I needed to save my money as I was broke. Well, Several years later, then in the early 2000s, there was a resurgence. There was an explosion in manga. Uh, other companies got into the game also. Uh, so Viz was the big one for a long time. Um, Dark Horse Comics actually tried their hand at it a bit with their with their imprint stu studio Proteus, I believe. They had their English translations of various uh, Japanese comics. They had Ghost in the Shell, Gunsmith Cats, uh, etc. But the the 2000s then brought Shonen Jump and who else? Shonen Jump was a big one. CPM manga. Um, and so in the early 2000s, I started to collect them again. They got a little more affordable. They became $9. $9 uh, per volume with a 
couple hundred pages. So I started to collect Yu Yu Hakusho uh, ghost files translated in the U.S. And that one was very, very enjoyable. It's got a place in my heart. That one also was several volumes long. This is the thing about most manga. There are lots and lots and lots and lots of volumes long. And so you're going to be spending a lot to catch up. And so Yu Yu Hakusho is about uh, Yusuke Urameshi, who is a high school punk, basically. He's got a bad reputation as a... It's just a, a, a tough fighting kid because he's got a broken home and stuff in high school. Well, he's basically uh, headed... Uh, he's going to hell in a handbasket. He's just not a good kid. Always picking fights, disrespecting teachers, and uh, always fighting with his rival, who's really no match, Kuwabara, and uh, annoying his uh, friend, his childhood friend, uh, Keiko. So, one day, though, through a selfless act, he actually saves the life of a kid who was uh, bouncing a ball near the road, kicks it into the street, and he he very selflessly saves the kid, but in the process, he's hit by the car instead and killed. So the very first scenes actually are of him getting killed. Then we backtrack to see that he was a delinquent, that he was, his karma was not so good and that was gonna have him end up in hell. But this selfless act, which the gods didn't foresee, caused him to be stuck in limbo where Koenma, son of the underworld, meets with him to tell him, hey, Yusuke, you have a second chance here. You can be redeemed. You, Your selfless act could get you off the hook from going to hell, which I believe is Jigoku. And so he has to accomplish various good deeds as, a, as an apparition. Um, he can possess people and uh, cause them to do good deeds. So this, this is a great series that goes on for many volumes and goes on to a variety of stories. The first story arc is Yusuke um, being challenged to maybe do some good deeds to come back to life. Um, and really, that's a, good, that's a good story. I don't want to spoil things, but uh, that's just one, that's the tip of the iceberg. Because what I want to say is that then after that, yes, he does do the good deed. He does come back to life. And the thing is that he becomes the spirit detective, the current spirit detective of the earth, which is basically he's been resurrected. He has these powers um, where he can fire using his key or chi uh, or kai. What is it? His, his key. He can uh, fire a spirit blast with his spirit gun from the tip of his finger. 
and he is going to be solving supernatural crimes and such because uh, more and more uh, demons and stuff are coming into the earth realm and so he is enlisted by the by the underworld uh, Koenma is his boss and he has to Yusuke basically has to stop these paranormal incursions and then that's when the series really picks up and English translation ghost files should make sense there um, but that's a really good series um, it ended probably in 95 so it's been out a long time you should catch it it was it was an anime uh, premiering on in the US in in uh, on uh, Adult Swim and then moved over to Toonami and uh, really good series uh, like Ranma Half also so those are some uh, great manga that I've read what else do I recommend the um, that explosion of, of of manga in the beginning of the 2000s it also brought um, uh, what's it called um, Well, can't remember the name, but here's one. Uh, the Lupin the Third. Um, Lupin the Third manga. So Lupin, or Rupan Sansei, in Japanese by author um, Monkey Punch, was a was a takeoff and parody of the spies these spies from the 60s, James Bond, of course, and also mixed with um, Arsène Lupin, or Arsène Lupin, classic French detective stories. So Monkey Punch synthesized that, plus Mad Magazine's Don Martin style to create this suave, uh, at times goofy, and always lecherous and cunning Lupin the Third. So he's the third from the Arsene Lupin family. And that was a, that's a book that's been out a long, long time. It was published, again, for a new generation in the early 2000s. And that was a, that's a really fun series to read. Uh, the art can be Byzantine at some times, but oftentimes that's the case with manga. That's one of its allures, I believe. And so we've got... Um, we've got... Um, Lupin, Jigen, Goemon, and Fujiko. They're all crooks and scoundrels, and they're being they're being pursued by Inspector Zenigata because they're criminals, they're lovable scamps and scoundrels. So there's a whole world of manga out there, and I thought it would be a good idea to talk briefly about a few in this comic book podcast. Attack on Titan, that's the big one at the moment, also known as Shingeki no Kyojin. And so, um, I need to read a few of those issues, but I've been watching the anime. So I've basically uh, made it to the end of my commute, and it's time to wrap it up. So this is VM Campos for the Comic Book Commute Podcast, the podcast you listen to on your commute during my commute. So see you next time, and drive safe.